It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes. And they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes. so You can join one right now for week five. And the best part is you get to play for cold hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy, the value, and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft. You get a selection of every premium player. You just got to be the smartest one in the room. It's a six-player snake draft, so you get in, you get out. Tournaments start from $1 to $1,000 to everything in between. Three-person drafts, six-person drafts, on and on. The options are limitless. And all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code BGNR. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using promo code BGNR. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. Yo! edition of this week in fantasy as we head into week six shockingly of the nfl season i can't believe that we are already through five weeks of the season we wait so long we have all our fantasy drafts we get ready for so long through august and and the beginning of september and now all of a sudden we're already more than a quarter into the season crazy to think about big fantasy week coming up, a lot of interesting matchups in just a second. I will talk to Sigmund Bloom, who was kind enough to give me 
34 minutes of content, so um, enough of me, more of Sigmund. I know that's the mantra here, and uh, it, it is a good mantra to live by. If you do want more of me, which I don't know why you would, but I'm there for you if you need me. Tomorrow morning, I will have my Start Sick column coming out on Bleeding Green Nation dot com and having a lot of fun with that doing pretty well decent over there i've had a couple good weeks um who cares one atrocious week but for the most part pretty on point it ain't about that either way i think it's an enjoyable read that's that's what i'm going for so uh let me know if uh, if you get a chance to check that out and obviously feel free to hit me up on twitter at james seltzer with any questions this sunday i should be a little able uh, a little more able to help the normal as we will have our uh, 8 or 8.30 to 10 o'clock Sunday morning show for Delaware Park on the Sports Radio WIP Facebook page. Can't wait! Going over gambling and fantasy stuff for the day of games. But the beautiful thing, the Eagles play tonight, so I get to uh, I get to hang out the rest of Sunday, watch a little football, and of course, be around for once. Yeah, buddy. If you guys uh, want to text Sunday morning, uh, I will certainly get back to you again. I James Seltzer. Any start sick questions I can help with, I would be happy to do so. And again, check us out Sunday morning, me, John Bartrud, and Jack Fritz as we break down every single game on the slate from a fantasy perspective and a gambling perspective as well. And of course, if uh, if you still want some waiver wire advice, waiver wire Tuesday podcast goes up for our Patreon descri- subscribers every Tuesday morning. So you can always check that out. Probably some still uh, value guys uh, who are still available from that as well. Dynamite drop in money. All right. I can't even talk. So let's just get to Sigmund because that's what I want. That's what everyone wants. So let's do it. Here he is, Mr. Sigmund Boom. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest, the co-owner over at footballguys.com. Terrific stuff over there. And uh, someone who I'm now happy to call my friend as uh, it is something, as I say, something that I enjoy doing every single week. I look forward to talking to this man. And uh, I know that you all enjoy listening to him because he brings such awesome knowledge and, uh, and great introspection as well. And we'll get to that a little later as I will make up for not going inside his mind last week with a, uh, a little bit uh, deeper addition this week. But uh, let's bring him in. Uh, my, my friend and yours, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, what's going on, brother? Oh, we march on. You know, it feels like we've had a whole season or two already in five weeks. And I guess that's why we love the NFL, because it, it, it compresses so much emotion and so many turns into such a short period of time. And I'm sure that all of your listeners are very sad about the turn that the giant season's taken. Oh, yeah. You know it. Uh, by sad, you mean incredibly happy. Uh, right. Dancing on their grave. Yes. Minus the, you know, no, I don't think anyone, even even us, not rooting for anyone to get hurt or anything. But no. um, certainly the way the season has gone. I mean, they might fire their coach, Sigmund. Yeah. It, yeah. They went to the playoffs last year at 11-5 and five in his first year, and they might fire him. It is crazy and awesome and i won't lie the whole like looks like the cowboys are having some issues now that jerry jones Mm -hmm. decided to spout his mouth off so yeah man um it's uh not too shabby here in philly and 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 meanwhile meanwhile tom coughlin is 
the toast of the town in, in Jacksonville, and it seemed like the Giants seemed to uh, make up their mind that Coughlin was the problem a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, who so. knew, right? And and not just no you could say parents. you could say the toast of the town again in Jacksonville again. for Tom yeah, Coughlin. Yeah, that's true. Back to the scene of the crime there. No, uh, I love it. I love everything about it, and uh, I know uh, I know Eagles fans do. And a perfect lead-in as uh, for those new to the show, uh, Sigmund and I uh, go through the entire week six late. As you were saying, I can't believe it's already week six. Like you said, it crams everything in so tight and it's so much you know, emotion and excitement and all that and uh, we're already through five weeks which is crazy but uh, Sigma and I always power through every single game on the slate and then we go inside his mind later but uh, a perfect segue talking a little Eagles as the Eagles playing tonight a, a monster NFC game two of the three form one teams in the conference battling Eagles Panthers how do you see this playing out from a fantasy perspective Sigmund? A lot of passing. Uh, both of these teams are, are tough to run on, and teams tend to go pass-heavy against them. Uh, on the Philly side, we'll be watching how important Lane Johnson's absence is going to be. I, I know that their offense generally takes a step back without him, although Carson Wentz has taken a step forward. Uh, this is a, a really good matchup for Alshon Jeffrey from the first ones this year, where he's not facing one of the best corners in the NFL, so I expect him to have a, a very strong game and lead this offense. Uh, and Carson Wentz uh, against, again, if uh, Lane Johnson causes more pass rush, if his absence causes more pass rush, Carson Wentz has shown the ability to negotiate the pocket and make big throws downfield. With Cam Newton, it's just you know another hit, another big hit. It's two weeks in a row, he's been magnificent. He's been uh, an absolute maestro out there. And we should see, hopefully, see Philadelphia get Fletcher Cox back in this one. So they may challenge him. Uh, both of these teams are 4-1. And the NFC is wide open, and this could be a game we look back on uh, determining some important playoff positioning. Yeah, it's crazy. You wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have guessed both of these teams be sitting at four and one right now, and um, it really could. It could impact some uh, some home field advantage type of stuff, all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, don't want to put the cart before the horse. Horse, we've been no, there as no. Eagles fans before, but uh, really interesting matchup. I wish it weren't on Thursday night, so you could really get a feel for what these teams are like on a Sunday after a full week, but. A um, lot of fantasy goodness, potentially. Uh, I'm with you there, uh, especially in the passing games. Totally agree there. Uh, moving on to the uh, the Sunday slate of games, starting with the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, not quite as, uh, as advertising a matchup to lead us off here as the Chicago Bears coming off a heartbreaker uh, on Monday night against Minnesota, heading in to Baltimore as this Ravens team is uh, is winning games here and there but just looks ugly doing it and and from a fantasy perspective segment this one not super enticing I would think next no <laughs> uh, you know Jordan Howard's going to get his workload and be in your lineup uh, Javoris Allen looks like with Terrence West banged up he's going to be the lead back um, and otherwise there's not the Baltimore defense against the rookie quarterback. Another welcome to the NFL game for Mitchell Trubisky. That's about it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I don't feel great about Jordan Howard or anyone on the, the Bears side there. And then, you know, the Ravens, it's just like, you know, yeah, Mike Wallace has a big game last week. And it's just gross. Like, I don't know what to trust. Flacco looks awful. I'm with you. Alex Collins. I mean, I just I'm with you. This is an ugly one for me. Uh, speaking of ugly, half of this one pretty ugly, but. Uh, I think a little more interesting this week with uh, with a new quarterback likely uh, behind center, the Cleveland Browns, and maybe Kevin Hogan likely heading into Houston to take on Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson extravaganza. What a what do you think here? Obviously, I think Houston probably keeps rolling here. 
Yeah, you would expect that, certainly. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland will get Jamie Collins back. Miles Garrett had a couple of sacks in his debut. So you know, maybe having uh, the, their two best individual players on the field together for the first time on, on defense could help. But nobody's got an answer for Deshaun Watson. And that the passing game really is what you're looking for, the big numbers here against Cleveland. So will Fuller keep up his hot ways with back-to-back two touchdown games? DeAndre Hopkins, maybe even the tight end, one of the tight ends, if you're digging deep, Brian Griffin or Steven Anderson, as Cleveland's given up a lot to the tight end already this year on the Cleveland side Kevin Hogan's a good runner if you have to go to the waiver wire for a quarterback this week you could do worse than Kevin Hogan as he's a, a good runner and an aggressive passer you may be a limited quarterback but not prone to the same mistakes Deshaun Kaiser has been making uh, if you're going to look for someone here you know, he's looked at David Joku for a couple of touchdowns at the tight end lots of tight end waiver wire options this week um, Ricardo Lewis seems like his favorite wide receiver of course Duke Johnson I think has scored in three straight weeks so uh, he, he's a hot player if you need a, a flex player or a desperation running back yeah I, I I totally agree with you on Hogan especially in DFS sites I mean he is you know close to the if not the cheapest starting quarterback this weekend on those sites and um like you said you know especially when you add in the fact they lost the uh, Houston defense just lost JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless last weekend that's two big blows to that defense maybe you know might take a little time for them to get back on their feet I think there's a chance for a little Cleveland offense in this one I'm with you and obviously Houston keeps rolling all right uh, a much better game here as we head to a NFC North showdown the other four and one team in the NFC uh, East after ripping Dallas's heart out last week. Thank you, Green Bay. The Packers head into Minnesota to face a good defense here. Uh, you know, how, how do you kind of see this Minnesota defense stacking up against that Green Bay potent offense? Yeah, this is one uh, Green Bay can can really open up some breathing room, depending what uh, Detroit does in New Orleans. It could really open up some breathing room here. And Aaron Rodgers is clicking. It looks like Jordy Nelson is going to be healthy enough to play here. Devontae Adams is over that uh, brutal hit that he took and he's scoring touchdowns again uh it does look like ty montgomery's gonna be back and what we're gonna be interested to watch is is this more of a committee now it's aaron jones i think looked better running the ball than ty montgomery has this year and ty montgomery's not showing that he's gonna be able to hold up under a heavy load so it may make both jones and montgomery dicey plays this week we'll get some more clarity there on the minnesota side without sam bradford which offense are we going to get? You know, against Tampa Bay at home, Minnesota's pass offense uh, looked as good as almost as good as it did in week one against New Orleans. But otherwise, it's been quiet. Stephon Diggs is battling a groin injury. And we've seen in the past when Diggs is trying to play through injuries, it can affect his game and his production. Uh, we'll watch Jarek McKinnon who hopefully took control of this backfield with his performance on Monday night. But even though this is a vulnerable Green Bay defense, with Case Keenum in there, this becomes unlimited Minnesota offense. And as you said, a lot of it will fall on the Minnesota defense, but there's some cracks there against the run. And I, I do think there's some matchups that Aaron Rodgers are going to be able to take advantage of, uh, potentially Martellus Bennett in the middle of the field, uh, as Minnesota's been kind of rough against tight ends. Yeah, I think you hit on the Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery thing. I think probably the most interesting, you know, season-long fantasy thing to watch here in this offense as uh, I think everyone else keeps rolling. Jordy Nelson may be a tough matchup if he's out there. I know he's questionable uh, against Xavier Rhodes potentially, but um, I do think uh, the Aaron Jones thing is interesting. I agree. I think he's a better running back, uh, but I also think Ty's definitely going to get work in there. Uh, all right, sticking with uh, uh, one of the two teams in the same division there, uh, Detroit Lions, another NFC North team coming off a tough loss against Carolina. The Saints hosting them coming off a bye. Drew Brees off a bye. Historically been pretty good, obviously, at home as well. This seems like a game uh, with uh, potential for some scoring, I would think, Sigmund. It does, although Matt Matthew Stafford's coming in banged up. 
And this has been a, a Detroit offense with the exception of that first week against Arizona that has seemed not very exciting. Uh, now, Kenny Galladay might get enough practice back in this week to get back on the field and give them a vertical element, which could open things up. But the running game hasn't really been shaking much loose with Amir Abdullah, with the exception of the one game against Minnesota. And with Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, you're looking at intermediate targets. Eric Ebron hasn't clicked. So I, I think that we may see them go into the Superdome and not really be able to keep up with Drew Brees as you said, with Breeze, uh, with this offense getting settled, we'll see if Teron Armstead, their left tackle, is ready. They need him now that Ryan Ramchick, the rookie's got to shift to right tackle. Zach Streif is out for the season. But no Adrian Peterson, so we like Mark Ingram better in our lineups. We like Alvin Kamara better in our lineups. And, of course, we know that uh, Michael Thomas can be an excellent receiver for our teams and the number one receiver for this team. And they're going to add Willie Sneed, too. So all hands on deck as, as far as the receivers for the first time for Drew Brees at home. You know, they had some road games they got out of the way. Uh, I think you're going to see an excellent performance for New Orleans here. And, and show, you know, it's easy to forget after how they started that New Orleans is, is still in the mix of two and two if they can create some positive momentum. Yeah, uh, great uh, offensive not line knowledge there. That's why Sigmund's the best, knows everything about every team. Zach Strife, that's a big injury. And Taron Armstead is, is crucial to that team's success, I would say, uh, potentially when, when he's absent as opposed to when he's in there, one of the bigger difference makers um, a guy for a guy who's, who's been out a fair amount. Um, all right, uh, moving on, Miami heading in to take on the Falcons. The Falcons also coming off a bye, playing at home. Uh, I would assume you feel good about Atlanta here. Yeah, this is one where, and it's speaking of two and two teams. How's Miami two and two? Unbelievable. The Jets are three and two. It's the it's the and the Bills are three and two. It's the strangest division I've ever seen through five weeks in terms of what I was expecting as opposed to what it is in terms of like records right now. Yeah, it's really strange, and I, I you know, we would want to see Miami's offense maybe come alive. uh, Although perhaps it might be for the best if some events continue to transpire to get Matt Moore in there, but you know, you count on Jarvis Landry, JHI on the road uh, against a team that could jump out to a lead, probably not going there. We're going to a healthier Julio Jones for Atlanta, uh, Matt Ryan to maybe put together a complete game as they've had to settle for a lot of field goals, had some untimely turnovers. Uh, and then also with Mohamed Sanu out, it could be an Austin Hooper day against Miami and their poor linebackers. Um, it could be uh, Taylor Gabriel day, you know, all he needs. I, I know Philly fans will remember this. All he needs is just to get free <laughs> once, just one play. You can make your whole week. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, He's one of those boomer bust guys, but when he booms, he booms big for you. Um, and, and I'm with you. I think Matt Moore, and I don't think this is any sort of hot take, but I think Matt Moore, uh, a better option to run that Miami offense than Jay uh, gives no shits Cutler. Uh, all right, moving on. Speaking of the uh, the uh, parody filled in, in all more positive ways than I expected, except New England, uh, AFCs, those New England Patriots heading in to take on the New York Jets in first place, the AFCs on the line. On the line. <laughs> what yeah. is going on, Sigmund? Uh, what happens in this game? Do, uh, please tell me there's sanity and the Patriots go in and yeah. just put up points. Well, that there's the sanity. You're right. I mean, the Jets have only faced one good offense. It was Oakland, and Oakland put up 40-plus on them. So New England's going to put up the points. The question is, what can Josh McCown do to keep up with Brady? And maybe he can. You know, uh, we're going to watch the backfield here. Elijah McGuire, the rookie, is going to get a lot of work. 
doesn't look like Bilal Powell is going to go. Maybe Matt Forte comes back and, and ruins the, the coming out party for the rookie. Uh, but you also have Austin Sperry and Jenkins against a New Orleans, a New England defense that has given up a lot to tight ends this year. And an interesting trio of receivers in Curse and Anderson and Curley who can work different parts of the field uh, and perhaps give them a chance to hang with New England and, and get some bounces. And, and if, they, if they just can hang around until the fourth quarter and see what happens at home, it could make this one interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think that this one could be interesting, um, but I'm with you. I, you know, you can't feel great about the Patriots' defense through uh, through the first five weeks of the season. I don't know what's going to change. So, um, interesting, interesting game there in the Jets. Uh, just unbelievable uh, that they are three and two right now. Already hit their over under. How crazy is that? Yeah. Uh, what what the hell? Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of a team that uh, is is uh, is actually fulfilling their. Uh, uh, ignominious preseason expectations. The San Francisco 49ers still winless on the season, heading in to take on a Washington football team that uh, I think is probably a little better than I expected. And, and I think certainly in this game has to be looking good from a fantasy perspective. You like Pierre Garcon here. who will get to dodge uh, Josh Norman, uh, maybe George Kittle, the rookie, as Washington's had trouble defending the tight end, and, and Brian Hoyer extending his, his – he's not as many steps out on the plank after how he recovered in the second half last week in that overtime loss to Indianapolis. So, you know, they're going to take their shots uh, without Josh Norman. Perhaps they can try to keep up with Kirk Cousins, and, and this is another team coming out of a bye, Washington. And their offense hadn't clicked the way we'd expected it to in the past, but, you know, let's remember – that they played a very tough Kansas City team straight up in Kansas City going into their bye. Uh, I think their defense is underrated, and I, I think you're going to see some things get on track. I, I, I would expect San Francisco's vulnerable to downfield passing, and this could be a, another good game where Terrell Pryor has a big play downfield. And we'll watch the running game here against San Francisco. It looks like Rob Kelly's not going to be able to go, so the rookie Samaj P. Ryan will get another bite of the apple. And Jordan Reed is healthy again, so there's some help for you at tight end. Yeah, and that Chris Thompson, another name, a guy who just keeps yeah. producing with Rob Kelly out, you know, in the passing game, yeah. Uh, San Francisco had trouble with Marlon Mack, who is a, a quick, fast, a bursty back um, who's going to change direction a lot, and, and that's some of the stuff that Chris Thompson can do. So yeah, after Chris Thompson let us down a little bit in week four, I, I try to get him back in there in week six. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the entire Washington offense for the most part in this uh in this matchup here, and um, I love Pierre Garcon. I think uh, you know against his former team, I think there'll be something there. And uh, he's just a, a target monster, and and he's a good receiver. So, um, totally agree with you there, uh, uh, Carlos Hyde. Uh, keep an eye on that one with the uh, the hip thing that right. you know the Matt Breida situation last week. All right, uh, moving on. We are now in the four o'clock window of games here, starting at four o five as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that I, I don't know what to make of, uh, going in to take on an Arizona team that I know is pretty bad. Um, but I think also uh, two not-so-great defenses here, so maybe some fantasy goodness, potentially, Sigmund? Maybe. You know, this is a game now where Tampa can get Doug Martin on track. Arizona is somewhat tough against the run, but get Doug Martin on track, have a more balanced offense, not put as much on Jameis Winston. We did see Deshaun Jackson start to make some big plays downfield last week against New England. Of course, Cameron Bray uh, is Winston's favorite receiver in the red zone in, in the middle of the field. And Mike Evans will be tangling with Patrick Peterson, so it could be more for Bray and Jackson this one. Arizona, the big unveil of Adrian Peterson, who's in a better run scheme for his style, 
but their offensive line has not been opening holes. Mike Iapati, their best run blockers out for the year, uh, which is going to be a lot of passing for Carson Palmer and and Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, and and then because J.J. Nelson and Jerron Brown and Jerron Brown are all contributing, there's not really a clear number two option there, but it makes things better for Carson Palmer. I agree with you. These teams are a, a bit enigmatic and, and basically underachievers, even though right now, because of the way they've scraped out some wins, still in it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And uh, Adrian Peterson heading out to Arizona as well. Um, as, it's Emmett uh, Smith part two. Oh, God, it's going to be awful. Uh, all right, uh, flipping it around uh, to, to kind of two of the teams that are on the opposite end of the spectrum. I think two teams that have kind of impressed people more than I think people were ready for. We mentioned one before uh, host at home this week, uh, the Tom Coughlin-led engineered Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the uh, the Sean McVay, Jared Goff, Los Angeles Rams, two teams, uh, at least from national, you know, kind of press on the upswing. How do you feel about this one from a fantasy uh, angle here? Sigmund? Sure. Yeah. Two teams that had, uh, you know, to, a to do list in the offseason uh, remodeling, you know, and uh, it's so far it's working. The the new image is working for both of these teams. You know, Jacksonville's Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette, which is a recipe that works just fine for them. Jared Goff actually played better than his box score last week against Seattle. And there, and there were a few things that went wrong that weren't his fault or they could have won that game. And we'd be talking about how they'd opened up a two game lead in the division and how you know, amazing this turnaround has been uh, in the post Jeff Fisher era. And I, it's going to be obviously a big stiff test as they left Ben Roethlisberger saying, Ben Roethlisberger saying, maybe I don't have it anymore. Uh, but <laughs> Jared, Jared Goff does have something here. And I, now Sammy Watkins is going to be tied up by Jalen Ramsey and they have a lot of good other players in that secondary. But I do think you're going to see out of Cooper cup and, and Robert Woods uh, and Tyler Higby, uh, one of those guys getting free and, and Jared Goff playing really sound football right now. So I, I'm going to be interested to see if they can find more cracks in this defense than the Steelers did last week where Ben Roethlisberger is going to push and be kind of stubborn and try to make individual plays. I think you're going to see the Rams try to go with with play design and using the myriad of options to put the Jags in in a bad situation where they can't cover everybody they roll out there. Yeah, it got so bad that someone changed the Jacksonville Jaguars Wikipedia page to include Ben Roethlisberger on the roster. That is, yeah, that is a burn and and a quite a good one. But uh, uh, I know probably not one you enjoy quite as much. Uh, but speaking of Ben, yeah. uh, that is the next game on the slate fortuitously, as uh, the Steelers heading in to take on the only undefeated team in the sport, the Kansas City Chiefs. Ben already looking terrible, and and obviously the the long known home run splits. Um, what do you do here? Like uh, this is, uh, you know, the chiefs have given up some points here and there, but um, this is a tough spot. It seems like for, for Ben owners yeah. and Steelers, you know, players really. Yeah. I mean, you leave bell and Brown in the lineup, uh, but you're not playing Roethlisberger on the road, especially after this performance. And that means you don't like Martavis Bryant and, uh, it, the years and years and years, decades and decades of being a Steelers fan, my insight will, will tell you that actually, even though on paper everything looks like the Steelers are going to get massacred in this game, they generally do bounce back well after embarrassing losses under Mike Tomlin. And you, you would see this as a gut check game for them. That being said, on the Kansas City side, this is a different Kansas City team. And this is a Kansas City team that is – and, uh, you know, there were some moments there for Philadelphia under Andy Reid. But I don't know that an Andy Reid offense has been as fully realized 
as this offense is right now with Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And, and we'll see with Kelsey in the concussion. He has to get out of concussion protocol cleared for this one. But you really have the defenses pulled in three different directions that they can't answer. Maybe they can take away one of these guys but they can't take away all three. And even with offensive line injuries, Kansas City has been dominant. So I, I, Alex Smith is a every-week starter on your fantasy team now. And we may look back at the fantasy season this year, and then a lot of leagues say, who drafted Kareem Hunt? There's your champion. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's awesome. I, th- I agree with you. Like, look, I think uh, the only Andy Reid-led Eagles team here that I think had an offense this dynamic was the the 4 season with T.O. here and – you know, that was an amazing year because of the Donovan Teo thing and they could run the ball and all that stuff. But um, I've never seen Andy be this creative from an offensive perspective and, and utilize everything in his disposal in such a awesome and amazing way. So I'm with you. And look, dude, Alex Smith, through, through five weeks of the NFL season, Alex Smith is your MVP. And that is a unbelievable thing to say um so uh yeah i'm with you i think it's a tough spot regardless for the steelers though you're right they always do bounce back um the chargers uh a team that uh i guess bounced back last week kind of um, heading into a uh, uh ugly uh oakland looking team with ej Manuel at the helm uh Derek carr potentially back this week who knows I, you know his back is broken we'll see uh how are you kind of assessing this one yeah michael crabtree's back from his issue and he's in our lineup every week after what he's shown and Amari Cooper trying to earn his way back into our circle of trust. You have to like Marshawn Lynch in this one because the, the Chargers are terrible at tackling and in the run defense. We saw last week a Giants team that couldn't run against anybody had a very successful day running the ball against the Chargers. So you like Marshawn Lynch on the Chargers side. Mike Williams could be back. You know, that spreads out targets between the second tier receivers, you know, guys like Travis Benjamin and, and Tyrell Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen is still someone we can trust. The offense running through Melvin Gordon, uh, maybe de-emphasizing Phillip Rivers a little bit. But I do think that in the passing game, you like Hunter Henry years. Oakland is usually very soft against the tight end. And we saw a real shift to Hunter Henry getting the majority of the targets at tight end. That means he set up for a big week. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think uh, Hunter Henry going to finally start getting uh, looks moving forward. And none of those, uh, or at least I don't think we're going to be in for too many of those zero uh, target, zero point weeks, which were, were perplexing to begin with. Um, speaking of uh, the team that they beat last week, uh, one of the 0-5 teams right now, as we stomped on their grave before and we will joyfully do it again. They are heading in to Denver, the Giants versus the Broncos. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming maybe Evan Ingram, but is it as easy as sit all your Giants and start all your Broncos? Yeah, sit all your Giants if you can even name who they're going to put in the starting line. <laughs> I mean, wow. Sit, sit them. Uh, but yeah, and this is a terrible situation for Eli Manning to be going into. And you really wonder at this point if Ben McAdoo will keep the attention of the team and, as you said, maybe even keep his job. Uh, but Denver coming off a bye. And uh, you, CJ Anderson is still very strong, but there's a lot of where they're going to work Devontae Booker in more in the backfield. You see, the last time we saw this team, their pass offense was pretty anemic. So you want to see what Emmanuel Sanders can do, what Demaryius Thomas can do against a good secondary Although one that just lost for the moment, at least Dominique Rogers Camardi to a suspension and exactly these cracks showing for this team. So uh, how will they respond on a Sunday night game with really nothing to play for where Denver is going to be well rested and, and show their bye week adjustments and, and, and really uh, put speaking of adjustments, you know, so like putting 
the Giants like on the rack or some sort of torture device. Yeah, no, this could be like epically ugly depending on how it plays out. Um, less epically ugly, but potential for ugliness as well on Monday night as uh, the Colt, the Jacoby Brissett-led Colts heading into Tennessee against the maybe, maybe not Marcus Mariota-led Titans. Uh, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, this division is still it, it, the thrilling AFC South, oh God, a wow. thrilling AFC South showdown. But, you know, everyone's within a game of first. And we would say and as soon as we expect Jacksonville to win a game, then they don't, you know, but say what you will about the Colts and the Andrew Luckless Colts, who going into the year would have said the Colts without luck is even a worse team than the Jets, which shows what I know, because the Jets are three and two. If they can go in and get this road win. They're they're going to be right there, maybe even tied for first in this division. Uh, and uh, you know the exciting rookie Marlon Mack, maybe not necessarily fantasy relevant yet, but helping this offense. Uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, with his second big game out of the last three, so we're back to trusting him. Tennessee's got some problems in the secondary. Uh, on the Tennessee side, we may be sweating it out for Marcus Mariota as a potentially game time decision. You're not going to play him, uh, but you may be more inclined to play Rashard Matthews or Delaney Walker if he plays or. DeMarco Murray and I would expect that's what we're going to see this offense revolve around even if Mario plays with his hamstring uh, Tennessee's going to want to try to just hold serve here by going back to exotic smash mouth who doesn't love the exotic smash mouth Mike Malarkey uh, he is a hell of a guy. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom again footballguys.com and the audible podcast him and sees the Lammy eight days a week as they like to say uh just terrific stuff check out all of it uh all right now as i promised last week we didn't get to do inside the mind of sigmund bloom it was 100 percent my fault and i said i would do something to make it up this week and i went back and i looked hard at myself sigmund because we're all about self self critique here and trying to get yeah. better and yeah. i looked at the questions that i've been asking this year and you know they're a little they're a little fluff like as it were you know a little not sure. quite deep enough not quite what i'm the promoting segment- my new film Yes, yeah. exactly. A pre- yes, a press junket. exactly. Yeah. So we're to make it up to the audience. I am, I am, uh, you know, dedica- rededicating myself to asking better, deeper questions, and that begins right now. Segment, are you ready for the four pack of questions? Hard hitting. Uh, what am I? What am I walking into? <laughs> yeah, so it's some good stuff here. All right, uh, question number one: If you had to sell your soul to the devil, but could get anything in return. What would you sell your soul for? Oh wow! Yep. Oh, uh, I suppose it would be the opportunity to go back and live situations in my life with not that knowledge. If I knew then what I know now, <laughs> well, I would. I wouldn't want to be able to go back and know then what I know now and see what happens. That is terrific. That is. Well played, sir. Um, I, you know, I expected, uh, uh, and I already did sell my soul for the devil, for the devil for like a, a, a pack of Skittles or something. So I don't even remember. I just woke up and had this piece of paper in my pocket. It was awesome when, at the moment, though. I'm sure. I'm sure it was the best pack of Skittles you ever had in your life. Um, okay, question number two. Uh, this is a little less deep, but I think it's fun. Um, if you could have anyone in human history narrate your life, who would you choose? Yeah, um, I mean, this almost—it almost seems too easy, right? Uh, because it would have to be, um, may he rest in peace, James Earl Jones. Wow! And and you know, this yeah. is the life of Bloom. That's you know, pretty uh, good. There is no escape. 
don't make me destroy you. And it all comes back to Star Wars and how I, I believe the story, the way the story goes, and this could be one of those myths that the actor who was in the Darth Vader suit delivered all of his lines and, and believed he was Darth Vader and then saw the film and they had dubbed in <laughs> James Earl Jones' voice. No, I am your father. And the, and the rest rest was history. So, you know, and there's a story here about how my, my son, when I put a Darth Vader mask on, told me he wanted to start reading, mean to read bedtime stories and whatnot with the Darth Vader mask on. So I guess Darth Vader can be cuddly. I don't know. That is a, that is a terrific answer. I, I think it is definitely the correct answer. Good job yeah. by you. Um, you know, Morgan Freeman is obviously, I think the newer crowd might've gone that way. Vin sure. Scully would have been the only other oh, sure. answer I would have accepted. That would have been a fair answer, but uh, James Earl Jones, a terrific, I mean, come on, who wouldn't want that? Uh, all right. Now we're going to get a little deeper with these last two. Um, question number three. If you could travel 500 years in the future, but had to spend at least 10 years there before returning, would you do it? And here's the caveat. You know that it is, as unlikely as it may be, a brighter future in 500 years. Oh, well, that changes the question. I know. Um, So you have to leave your family, leave your friends, everything for 10 years. But you know that you're going to be able to go see this brighter future in 500 years that you would never otherwise get to see. No, the answer is no. Um, and I, I think there's a, there's a, I mean, I guess it's a in some ways it gives you some sense of enlightenment, but, um, the problem here, here's the problem, James, mm-hmm. when I would come back here to this time, everybody would think I was crazy. Oof. I mean, maybe they already do, maybe they already <laughs> do, but so I would come back in like, it wasn't there just a story about someone that was like public intoxication and they said they were from the year 2048 and coming to warn us about aliens debating or something like that so i'd be that guy right you know, I, I'd, <laughs> I, I'd be coming back and you know we're not gonna get any specifics right now but if i i, I came back because i'm assuming i would leave for 10 years and I, I don't know if 10 years would pass or not but i don't know if in 10 years from now the future would seem any brighter and i would say let me tell y'all uh, maybe that i would have in my natural inclination my natural occupation should be a cult leader so maybe i should say yes because this <laughs> this would give me the perfect entree to be a cult leader because i would have my whole picture and, and tell everybody of what's really going to happen in the future but i would guess 95 percent or more people would would dismiss me as some sort of crackpot and i would be very frustrated yeah well the funny thing is is that you would it would just be promoting a brighter happier future like who wouldn't want to believe sigmund but what if by coming back and, and telling people you change it? Ooh, see it. You're right. You're right. It, the smart play is Stay to not away. go. Stay it's away. just that sense of curiosity that that lives inside us that definitely makes you want to go. All right, now even deeper. Uh, this is a big one here. Uh, final question of the Sigma Bloom inside the mind of Sigma Bloom Fort Bay. Where do you stand on the theory that we are living in a simulation? And if we we you if we were for sure, would you even want to know it? Um, so, you know, this gets into some philosophy. I was a philosophy major in college. Um, this gets into some of these things where our senses, like our five senses, we don't ever directly experience anything. We, we can't really verify. And, and there's some interesting stuff going on. There was, there was, um, some interesting things in ontology, this idea that we think of there being a world out there that is, that is causing all of our sense, all the sense data, but it may well be that there's only other consciousnesses. Uh, the, 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 the whole model works the same, whether there's actually a thing separate from us or just other consciousnesses. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. Hmm. Um, I, 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 
my stand is absolutely that this could be a simulation. And maybe the word simulation has um, a, a value judgment attached to it because, you know, what it seems like to say to us it's a simulation is to mean that it's it's a facsimile of something that we believed exists. But really, it's our belief that is being exposed as opposed to the nature of this thing, whatever it is that we're in, not being as profound or real or authentic. So I think I, I, I would be fine with finding out that this was a quote unquote simulation um, because I don't think it would actually change anything. Uh, this is just like the question of free will versus determinism. You know, are, are we really making choices yeah, sure. or is it all just, is it all just an equation to us? It doesn't make a difference. And there are, there is some science behind this that, that, that will you make chills go through you. Like, um, we believe that we have thoughts that cause intent and therefore actions cause effect. But, um, there's science that shows that the electrical impulses for us to uh, take the action, precede the thought. Wow. So what's really happening? Yeah. Uh, I, I think the important thing is it's like the Simpsons, like the intro to the Simpsons when Maggie thinks she's driving the car, you know, yeah. we, we think we're driving the car. And I suppose if someone showed us that we weren't driving the car, um, we would just go right back to doing it. We have to keep, we have to keep all of those very convenient rationalizations and, and self-deception and, and fictions to keep us from, from cracking up. And, and, and that worked just fine for us. I love that you threw a Simpsons analogy in there at the end. That was absolutely perfect. It's all the Simpsons. Yes. Everything, everything, especially for very younger folks out there who only know the animated corpse of the Simpsons. It's all about the three or four years that Conan O'Brien was uh, one of the executive producers. And it's all in there. Everything. Everything is in there. Yeah, I'm with you. I will. I will uh, die on the Simpsons Hill with you as well. Um, that is why he's awesome. I hope that uh, that inside the mind of Sigmund Blue made it up to everyone last week. And of course, Sigmund will be back with us next week. And follow him on Twitter at SigmundBloomFootballGuys.com. The Audible, everything he's doing, it's all awesome and uh, and totally worth your time. So um, until next week, Sigmund, thank you so much for coming on. And as always, just. Awesome stuff from Sigmund. That was, in my opinion, the best edition of Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom yet this season. As I said, I'm rededicating myself to my craft. I promise to uh, to do a better job for the rest of the year there. Andy Reid style. Time's yours. As, look, it's so much fun to, uh, to talk to Sigmund every week and also to go inside his interesting, fascinating mind. And we obviously got some good stuff there. So, of course, Sigmund will be back with me next week. And uh, again, tomorrow, start sitcom on bleedinggreennation.com. Sunday, Jack Fritz, John Barchard, and myself, 8 or 8.30, I believe, uh, to 10 a.m. on the Sports Radio WIP Facebook page. So check us out there. And again, any questions at all that I can help you with, at James Seltzer on Twitter is my pleasure. Good luck this weekend. We need wins this weekend. I want winners. Uh, as the fantasy season, just as we were talking about the Open, you know, the, the the season is moving along pretty quickly, and the fantasy season moves along at even a slightly quicker pace. So, um, again, I said it last week. I'll say it again. It is so crucial to win every matchup. Come back and... Win them all. Do what you have to do, especially if you're sitting there at two and three or or one and four right now. Sell out to win. Nothing else matters. It's all about winning each week is that important and do whatever it takes, even if it's unconventional. You need 
to win. You play to win the game. As uh, obvious as that sounds, it is the truth. So, uh, again, feel free to hit me up with any help, any questions you have. Uh, it's my pleasure to, to help out anyone who, who I can, at James Seltzer on Twitter. And, again, check us out Sunday morning on the Sports Radio WIP Facebook page. And, again, tomorrow morning, my start sitcom on BleedingGreenNation.com. Again, uh, everyone have fun tonight. Go Birds. Hopefully 5-1 and one would be pretty cool. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, they're sexy, right? You know? But uh, regardless, some fantasy goodness in this game as well as uh, Sigma and I talked about. So enjoy it. I'll be back tomorrow with the start to come on BleedingGreenNation.com. And again, next week with another edition of This Week in Fantasy with the great Sigmund Bloom. So thank you for listening. Good luck in week six. Go out, kill it. Let's win some games. And again, as always, thank you for listening to the week six edition of This Week in Fantasy.